Hello there. I'm Colleen. I'm Anders. And I'm Daniel. We're three nerds that met through our love of science fiction and fantasy storytelling. Of course, one of our favorites is George Lucas's signature achievement, Star Wars. And if there's one thing the internet definitely doesn't have enough of, it's nerds talking about Star Wars. So here we are with yet another Star Wars podcast, where each week we discuss one of the films in the current Star Wars canon. From the sands of Tatooine to the levels of Coruscant, we cover it all. Yet another Star Wars podcast is available wherever you get your podcast and is part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hello and welcome to Recent Activity, your new favorite entertainment review podcast that attempts to cover every film, every show, all at once. I am your co-host, Andrew Morgan. With me, as always, is a man who survived every time he's been run through by a lightsaber. It's Mr. Shane Beauregard. How are you, sir? Ah, <laughs> apparently, I'm, I'm alive and well. <laughs> yes, you are, sir. Good to see you. I had to say so. Every time. This is two shows in a row we'll, now. We'll, we'll get what into are we it. Because I wrote that down, actually. But we'll get into it. Yeah. Yeah. Because that... What was the other one? It was... Uh, Obi-Wan had the the one where Obi-Wan, she got yeah. run through and it was like, I'm fine. Just a flesh yeah, wound. see here. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so today we're going to do largely uh, all TV. We're going to catch up with Shane's Justified City Primeval. We have our first kind of reactions because maybe we talked about it slightly. Our first reactions on Only Murders in the Building Season 3. But of course, we will probably lead off with Ahsoka a.k.a. Rebels Season 5, Come At Me, starring oh. Rosario Dawson and created by Dave Filoni. But first, first off, I just wanted to comment on the box office because we kind of been keeping track of this a little bit. And we also, you know, we're not doing any movie reviews this week, but I kind of wanted to bring attention to, A, the fact that uh, Gran Turismo did an amazing amount of box office. So uh, in a way, they they really cheated, but I'm actually kind of, interested in your opinion on it because they platform this so well they started overseas first built up all these positive reviews did like these weekends where it was like one-off showings before they did the full weekend and now that it's here you know it, it did pretty solid box office i believe it was basically number one it was like neck and neck yeah it beat barbie by 0.3 million so did you see this coming? Did you like how they kind of ramped up their business to to gain attention on this? Very confusing to me because, again, I didn't realize their strategy, but I thought this movie was out two weeks ago because <laughs> it's been playing here for like three weeks. Well, that's the thing. So they like, did these like one-off showings. I don't know if it was playing consistently by you, but I know for sure they would do these pop-up kind of one-off screening yeah. nights and they did them all over. Yeah. Yeah, no, here, I swear, it was playing consistently for two weeks prior to this release, but it was, like, limited showing. So, then only had, like, let's say a 720, then a 950 showing. Right. So, they weren't showing it all day, but they've been showing it consistently for two weeks. I'm like, so, when I saw the box off, like, oh, what's coming out this week in the theaters? <laughs> They're like, Grand Turismo. I'm like, wait a minute. It's been out for two weeks yeah, now. <laughs> exactly, yeah. No, and it feels like that. And then on top of it, like I said, they they started this overseas and they got a bunch of money and more critical responses, which it is getting a solid response yeah, there it as is. well. I mean, it's not going to blow anybody out of the water, but like people are more just surprised because they thought you know this was going to be hot August garbage, um, and it's not. 
apparently to people. I mean, again, haven't seen it, but you know, some people who I like their opinions on things have said some kind words. So, you know, good on them. You know, this is a movie that August needed something. <laughs> Cause yeah, as I, we keep saying, it's going to be bleak really soon. It's bleak now, but uh, I'm more <laughs> apt to see it. I'm more apt to see it now because again, I off the mics, I, Found out who the director was, and uh, I can't pronounce his name. Neil Blomkamp. Yeah, there you go. Uh, who I love, District Nine, which seems like a two decades ago, but uh, I, I like his work, so I was kind of shocked he would take, I guess, the money grab to do this one because it seems like it's outside his uh, wheelhouse. Yeah, everybody but, uh, has you know, one and, of them, you know. Yeah, unless it's not like Chappie blew anybody away, so like he's got to get some yeah. work in there somehow. Right, and who doesn't like David Harbour? You know what I mean? Like, come on, it's true. I'll, I'll give it a shot. Yeah, Honestly, so he's probably the big reason why I would see it. To be honest, yeah. At this point, yeah. um, it, like we discussed, with nothing in the theater right now, nothing. I, I'm, I am more apt to see this now. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that, on first blush, I kind of, I don't know. We've had so many of these movies this year that either is part of an IP even though it's an original and they kind of shoehorn things like in a way, this is the sports movie version of Blackberry where it's like, right. they're not doing the video game story because how could they, they're doing the story of something that happened with the video game. That's around the video game, but it's not the video game. And so it's the same thing with Blackberry or even Tetris. It's actually probably closer to Tetris where it's like the behind the scenes of something related to the game. So, mm-hmm. but it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. It's like, how many, what do we have? So we had Super Mario Brothers, obviously. We have this. We have Tetris. We have the Twisted Metal series. Oh, yeah, yeah. We have, what, I'm, I think I'm missing stuff too. Am I missing any other video game adaptation? I mean, and The Last of Us I, uh, to kick off the year. Yeah, but, The Last of Us, yeah. That's yeah. a lot. You're right. Like yeah. This year is fully loaded with video game adaptations. And not yeah. bad ones, mind you. No, again, a lot of those don't make me cringe at the thought. But at the same time, I don't want to see like a massive trend. But I feel like it's going to be a nonstop thing. Especially because it kicked off with The Last of Us being so well received. So good. Yeah. yeah. So, but that's a game that you you're like, well, this is a big story. It's an expansive thing that you can do at least in a limited series or whatever. But like, I don't know. It all just kind of feels icky, you know. Like, like, <laughs> like when Air came out. Even though I love Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, I'm like, really? <laughs> we're doing this where it's like we're going to talk about the creation of the Air Jordan and. And the you know that uh, them trying to go from being like a fledgling track and field shoot like a low level uh, sneaker company whatever to to just going bigger it's like oh so we're rooting for the corporation it, it like it just <laughs> makes you feel cringy right like it's like it's content more right. than a film right and so this one it's like got that extra added feel and it doesn't give me. Affleck and Damon it doesn't give me you know I I didn't have I would have to go out to the movie theater to see it like it's it's a lot of hoops to jump through for me to go okay fine I'll watch this stupid thing (laughs) um and again the lead is not someone I'm familiar with you know the kid who's like kind of the story filters through I'm more familiar with the Orlando Blooms and David Harbors of the world so is that enough I don't know 
don't know. <laughs> if you do catch it, obviously we'll talk about it here. But you know, it's one of those things that's just I got to get over myself to do it. But right. as we've I, I said, the upcoming movie slate is not exactly you know burning up the charts here. So it's like, well, maybe. Maybe that that might also have legs in the same way we were talking about the potential for for Blue Beetle to to gain some more traction going forward, which is the next thing I want to talk about. That movie made 12.8 over the weekend, which doesn't sound that impressive, but when you consider that it made only 17 the weekend prior, domestically, of course, um, we kind of talked about it where there was excuses out there for the opening weekend that they really you know they missed out on the the whole la market because there was that massive storm that came through and they were like oh man we missed like so much money and then national cinema day was yesterday which uh neither of us participated in because we're bad people i guess i don't know we we give enough (laughs) money to to (laughs) the cinema um but i think i saw that sunday for this movie specifically it got a big bump because a lot of people are like, oh, well, for $4, you know, I'll go see Blue Beetle. So it made, I think, $6 million on Sunday alone. And now it's up to, you know, 46 domestically, 35 international. Which, again, I still don't understand yeah, why that's so low. Uh, for an $82 million total. Now, I'm sure that's still not good enough, of course. Because any superhero movie costs x amount of money but this one seemed to be cheaper smaller you know less star-studded actors and stuff do you think this movie now has probably enough legs and enough runway here to may actually be a profit for warner brothers after we all said and done here yeah actually i do i think uh i think we discussed before i read again this morning the budget reported it was like a hundred million dollars for this movie okay which Again, is on the smaller side, considering superhero films. Yeah. And you don't, like you said, you don't have any marquee names. You know, sorry, George Lopez, you're not a marquee name. Well, plus we're during but, the strike uh, here, too. And Warner Brothers yeah. kind of like disavowed anything that wasn't fully committed going forward to like DCU right. property. But I think what benefits this is two things. The long runway that it's going to have, like we discussed, because yeah. the upcoming couple weeks is a slog fest. Yeah. So it has a clear path for the next couple of weeks. And there seems to be some underground swelling and movement of positivity for this film. Mm. And I don't know if it's because of the first week it didn't do well. But if you go to like the Internet, like Facebook, like wherever you get your news from movie news, it just seems like a lot of people are starting to back this film right. and going to see it. And there's been a lot of positivity. So I think word of mouth and the long runway I do think they'll turn a little bit of a profit because they're already talking about, I think James Gunn came out and already said like this blue beetle going forward is going to be included in his universe somehow. So Zolo, whatever his name is, yeah, uh, <laughs> it will, will continue to portray blue beetle going forward. Okay. You know, there's, there's already rumors that they want Jason Sudeikis to play Ted Cord okay. in some future projects. So I do think I, you know, it's not going to make a huge profit. Like I'm, thinking they were banking on, but I do think it'll eventually make them some money. Yeah. I mean, cause again, Warner brothers has kind of been doing, they're less anxious to get things on HBO max, right? Away, or max, excuse me, right away. So they're going to window this. You're going to get PVOD sales. You're going to get all the, the other things that come with it. Plus 
it is one of those things that, you know, I'm walking through a Target and I'm seeing Blue Beetle toys and other things too. So there's always supplemental income when it comes to these, if they're even remotely successful at the box office. So to me, you know, usually for a movie to be, especially with marketing and everything else, you typically need double what your production budget is to mm, right. claim a success right up front. But at the same time, if you can kind of sort of even get close to breaking even and then get all the other stuff to come down the pike and give you that money, I think this movie can still be in the clear by the end of yeah. by the end of everything. Um, but we'll see. It's something I want to kind of keep track of because, you know, not that I'm rooting for Warner Brothers or DCU or anything <laughs> in that regard, but, you know, it's one of those things that, it can't be any worse uh, of a story than, you know, obviously all the bad press they had with The Flash, not looking forward to Aquaman, and we're not going to see anything from James Gunn in a while. So why not, right? You know, this harmless right. little movie, just let it kind of do its thing. And, you know, hopefully a, a certain community, especially like the Spanish speaking community, can wrap their arms around this. So that would be great to see. Yeah. Um, but. It is. It's easy to root for. So that's pretty cool. Um, so I wanted to kind of put those box office things out there before we get to the TV stuff. But let's get to it, buddy. Let's get into Ahsoka, uh, the latest Star Wars Disney Plus show that, of course, is trying to, I thought, build upon, well, and we'll get there, but the, the Mandalorian universe and kind of... Uh, connecting certain shows but also bringing out a character that was you know kind of a fan favorite cult favorite uh with the fact that this is coming from the rebels universe uh where ahsoka and all all of these characters basically uh are from um my big thing going forward i'll put this out there right up front this show does not want me here <laughs> and i'm disappointed in that because to me, if they sold this show as this is live action Rebels, I wouldn't have watched it. Right. Or I wouldn't have had the expectations yeah. of a character that was in The Mandalorian that came across in a certain way in The Mandalorian. And now I'm watching her boring adventures uh, with people that I have no relationship with, that they're pining over people who are not around, that I don't know who they are. And they're afraid of someone who I don't know who he is. And I have to, and all these things, all these little things add up. If you're a Rebels fan, this is probably great for you, you know, or at least better for me or better than I feel about it. And I don't know. I'm going to watch it, but I feel like I'm just not going to get anything out of it. And on top of it, it's boring. And I don't know how to overcome boringness with more maps right. and things and slow pace and they don't give ahsoka anything to do nor do they really fill out a lot of her backstory so again they don't care it seems about people who didn't watch rebels and i don't think you did right nope so do you feel the same way well uh you saw my login name today yes. right As <laughs> asnuska yeah yeah <laughs> If anyone suffering from insomnia, pop this show on. <laughs> You'll be asleep within 15 minutes. I, my I, brother I and I have you. been talking about it off air. And he literally, every time he starts, he falls asleep. He's like, it's the greatest thing. 
Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. But no, I feel the same way you do. And I, I you know, I'm a big Rosario Dawson fan. Same. Uh, I love the appearance in The Mandalorian. Yep. But I do not. Let me just make sure I'm articulating this right. Yes, this is if this if you're into Rebels, this is a show for you. But I feel like if you're the average fan and you want to get hooked into this show, they shouldn't have leaned this heavy into the Rebels universe. Because, again, I don't know any of these characters, nor do I care about any of these characters. Right. It'd be great if I watched Rebels and I get all these little Easter eggs going along. But for the common fan like me for Star Wars, this is not a show for me. It really isn't. I don't feel like we discussed this. Like I shouldn't have to go back and watch the uh, Rebels and Clone Wars to get an understanding of these characters and like this show. Like I shouldn't need the cartoons to be able to enjoy this show. I should be able to enjoy the show on its own written in a different way so I can appreciate it. Right. And again, I feel like everything is over my head and like nothing is happening. Like the fight scenes, let's get off the first, the first episode when she fights the two droids or whatever. Yeah. The fight choreography seems so slow. Yeah. And just uninspiring. Yeah. It's like if I went out there and did the choreography. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm a 46 year old guy. Right. Like here comes this. Yeah. It just was so bad. And again, the dialogue, the heavy score, like you're thinking something's happening. It's like this really big, heavy score, but there's nothing going on. No. I'm like, okay. Yeah. It's, it's I agree. So, it's so bad. And again, the whole lightsaber thing, I wrote it down. We get another pierced through the gut lightsaber injury. And I guess, you know, lightsabers aren't as hazardous as they used to be. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, they can so. go right through your body, but you know... The body's got a lot of things going on, and it cauterizes things, you know. Yeah. So whatever, you could, you'll just heal up, no big deal, right? You know. So, uh, like you said, I, I'll, I guess I'm in for this, the rest of the series. But this is, I, I forgot who I was talking to, and I'll, I'll tell you this too. It's ironic that we, as a collective, have watched all these Star Wars shows, but the one we decided to skip out on, <laughs> as a collective. Seems to be the best one, and yes, and most received one. So we skipped out on the best show since Mandalorian, apparently, Andrew. So how smart are we? I know. I've thought about it, and it's not like I didn't start it. Like, I started an episode, and I tried to get through, and again, I fell asleep or got turned off or whatever. But, like, it's one of those shows that it is a slow burn, so I like I have to be committed to it if I'm going to do it. But this show should not be a slow burn. And there's no. a lot of scenes where it's just people staring at each other and doing very little. And it's like, and and you've already seen, I'm sure, with the run times, I'm interested to know what they're going to be like going forward. Because the first episode is longer than the second. And yes. if, if it does the whole Mandalorian thing where it was like, hey, here's this long episode. Oh, by the way, the next episode is 32 minutes long. What the, what the hell do you mean? Uh so I wonder right. if they they're, they're going to play games with that as well, but um I just don't I, I'm interested to see Thrawn because they keep teasing it and I know he's supposed to be very powerful and and friends of mine who are big rebels heads, they're like, "Oh man, I can't wait for Thrawn." So, I've talked with people who have watched Rebels all the way through. And even they are a little slow to say that the show is good, like, or that it's going to, or great or whatever. If anything, it made them go, oh, I should rewatch Rebels. 
Oh, see, that shouldn't be the case. I know. I, you shouldn't have to do that. But I, you know, you know what the show did? It made me miss Ray Stevenson. Is what it made me do. <laughs> sure. Because yeah. I, I I always liked him as a character actor, and it, this role seems to fit him perfectly. You know what I mean? Like he seems like yeah. he'd be that badass guy. But they're not giving him. He hasn't done anything yet, man. I'm like, no. come on, man. You got Ray Stevenson here. I love him. Yeah. In fact, I was watching this. I'm like, I really think the Star Wars TV franchise, the TV side, is worse off than the Marvel TV universe. I really Ooh, do. That's interesting. It's sad because it, I probably wouldn't have said that if the last Mandalorian season didn't go the way it did going down south. But like, uh, here's my problem. Think about it. Go ahead. Okay. So I tend to agree with you because it seems like they're building out now versus leaving these things kind of standalone. And I'm because I'm sure you noticed within these first couple episodes of Ahsoka that they're building upon the thing that I thought derailed slash didn't work in the Mandalorian's latest season where they're doing the the switch over the like kind of the the Marvel like the the Star Wars version of Marvel Shield and Hydra situation where it's like you got you know, infiltrated by the bad dudes and it's going to slowly topple over. It doesn't fully work at all. And I, I hate it because it's these limited series, right? And you're trying to get, they already aren't doing anything with Ahsoka. Okay. If you're me and haven't watched all of Rebels, I'm like, what is so special about Ahsoka that we're watching her? And also, why is this show want to build out all these extra characters and not focus on her much at all or give her much to yeah. do. So I don't know what this show is interested in besides being like member berries for people who watched rebels. And even then, I don't know if that's enough. Um, yeah. So, and, and the show is like very slow paced. You, like you said, the fight choreography doesn't fully work. And, at all like and it doesn't do any favors to people who i think are very good like rosario dawson was fan casted for this thing she's a great actress like i don't know what filoni wants people to take away from this show besides you know the the disney effect of like oh well while you're here watch more stuff that we have that is associated with Ugh. this which is a yeah. terrible can, thing to do it is like you know what i i'm gonna say it like but the last batch of disney plus like Star Wars shows. I, I'd rather rewatch She-Hulk at this point. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know about that. I, I There are things like I'll leave Disney Plus. Thank you. <laughs> I understand what you mean. <laughs> but it's just so tough because, again, like this is going to be I think they're doing 10 episodes, maybe. Oh, God. Oh, God. So I was hoping it was six. I was hoping it was six. Well, but, but if it was six, I'd still have a bigger gripe because I'd be like, we're a third of the way through and you haven't even given me much well, for Ahsoka it, it to do. Obi-Wan had the same problem. I know. The first two episodes were boring as hell. And you're like, oh, this is only six episodes. Like, let's yeah. pick up the pace, people. Let's go. Yeah. I, I think we're seeing another Obi-Wan on our hands, man. Like, ugh. And the only reason, again, it's two episodes in. So I'm trying not to, like, murder this show. But... I wasn't such a big Star Wars fan. I'd probably drop this and just go, you know, because right. again, it's not it's not aimed towards me. And I wonder what their philosophy or their thought behind it is because if you're turning off those people, 
that means you're turning off any generic audience like me yeah and it doesn't what are you doing like disney plus should not you can't be niche with the budgets that they're doing let's put it that way you're hemorrhaging money and then you're excluding people turning people off because you can you can tell the production value of the show was there that's what i'll say you can tell this the production the money they sank into the show it's there you can see it but they missed out on everything else yeah it's frustrating to me watching this like i just want to let you uh people know i'm only watching this for the show i'm watching it for you people that's it or else (laughs) i would have pulled i would have pulled my emergency ripcord after the first episode and be done with it yeah I'm the same way, and I, I like I said, I've talked to other people who watch Rebels and adore these things. They've read the the Timothy Zahn books and things like that. I've gotten really into the certain characters or whatever, and I get it. But I'm just not doing a homework assignment to get into something that shouldn't require it, especially because you introduced her in another show, so it didn't need to be this way. But of course, that's exactly what they're doing. So. Yep. We'll, we'll again begrudgingly keep an eye on it, keep it moving, um, you know, and see where that goes. Um, but there are other shows on our radar right now. Um, where are you with Justified City Primeval? I believe you told me that is it tomorrow night because we're recording on Monday that tomorrow night is the finale of this yes. series. And so, how is this going, especially for something so far past the original Justified, but Ugh. and kind of. Even the book, I believe, wasn't a book that had this particular character in it, so they're kind of shoehorning in it. Is it working for you? Let me. I haven't said this in a while, but this show makes my pants tight. There you go. Like this, <laughs> it, it is, man. Like Raylan Gibbons makes my pants tight. It, you know, it, it it's a great. It, it's just been a great series. Again, I, I cannot wait for the finale. It's a little different than the original series because this is more of a slow burn. This is a nice cat and mouse game between Raylan Givens and Boyd Holbrook's character. Right. Who plays a great psychopath, by the way. Just a very... He's so good in this role, man. And they complement each other so well. Like, I didn't think I'd see better chemistry between Timothy Oliphant and, like, Walter Goggins, Walton Goggins' character from the original. Right. Because he was the big heavy in that one. But, man... Like this pairing of Holbrook and 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 Oliphant, man, it doesn't skip a beat between the original one, right? And I, you know, I did a little background, and Holbrook is actually from just outside Kentucky, where they filmed the first Justified. Oh, okay. So he didn't originally want to do the show because he didn't watch the original. He just thought the show was going to poke fun at people who lived in Harlan County until he actually watched the show, and he's like, "No, it's not the case." Oh. and then. As you, I don't know if you know, but Tarantino was a big uh, compo- uh, person to get this miniseries off the ground because he loved that character so much. Yeah, well, he's so a I big Elmore Leonard guy with Jackie Brown and yeah. everything else, too. Yeah, sure. So it, it was his idea to kind of put the Raylan Gibbons character in this particular story because, again, they combined like two different stories to get this series out. So, like you said, Raylan Gibbons, I don't think, was originally in the novel set in Detroit. No. But. They, it, it is fantastic. It's a great cat and mouse. The chemistry's just off the, off the charts, and I cannot wait for the uh, season finale. And I will say, you do not have to see the original Justified series to understand what's going on with this series. So you could jump right in cold feet into this miniseries because they give you enough background about what he did in Miami and Kentucky, right? 
they don't bring up any of the old characters from the old show. They don't mention them. So it's like a fresh show. And for whoever, like everyone needs to hop on this show, man. It is so good. Like Timothy Oliphant's like the modern day go-to Western guy, if you think about it. Sure. Between dead between Deadwood, Justified, his role in Fargo season four, which I didn't see, but apparently he played like a cowboy as well. And the, uh, the Mandalorian. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like the go-to slick, sly Western guy, man. I'm eating it up eating it up so go watch justified man it's that amazing hair he has i think it's like 90 percent hair 10 percent temperament that he can kind of like <laughs> go from like where he just has that sly look you know where yeah, he, he you works. don't trust him <laughs> but you root for him at the same time uh so because he's got that like devilish smile he's got that look man he's a perfect yeah, it, it works yeah, yeah absolutely well, I'm glad it's going well, man. I'm curious to know uh, how they land the plane and how you'll feel about uh, the whole series after it ends tomorrow night. Um, but yeah, especially with we're going to go over, we're going to preview some stuff coming up in the next few months. Seems like there might be a window to uh, <laughs> watch some other things because we're going to be uh, bored outside of it. So maybe I'll uh, I'll dive in, as you said, uh, with cold feet because, like I said, I've never watched anything of justified so that seems like a good quick series it's what eight episodes you said six eight 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 episodes okay yep so perfect um that seems like a good binge day for me uh upcoming that sounds good uh (laughs) the other show we've been kind of keeping our eye on is uh only murders in the building is back for season three I know you said you didn't get to catch this past one, um, and t- right. tomorrow they will drop episode five uh, already in the series. This, uh, you know, I'm sure if you're listening to us talk about it, you've hopefully watched the other seasons. But basically, you know, it's the same kind of murder mystery stuff built into kind of true crime podcasting with an elite cast headed by Martin Short, Steve Martin, and Selena Gomez. And this season, they've added an extra wrinkle of having Paul Rudd be uh, a signature part of it, as well as Meryl Streep as well. So they brought in some heavy hitters to add to the cast. Um, Shane, what are you thinking on this one? Because of the prior seasons, I feel like they're doing something a little different, which is making it a little bit of a slower enjoyment factor because they've kind of separated these guys, right? A little bit where mm-hmm. everybody's kind of on their own island. They're not fully doing the podcast together like they are. And it seems like Selena Gomez is on a bent and this seems like it's maybe more of her story a little bit in this one. So, what are you thinking about how everything's kind of falling together right now? Yeah, I'm digging the season so far for a show like this, like you said, like murder mystery podcasting. This show Needs to kind of do something a little different or also to just become not fresh anymore. Sure. Whatever you want to say. You know what I mean? So I think they're doing a good job kind of like, like you said, like doing something a little differently. They're not totally into the podcasting yet. And I do believe it's like Selena Gomez slash Martin Short. We see very little of like Steve Martin's character per se. Right. Where he's still getting. He's still doing that thing because in prior seasons, a lot of times either his love interest or some other things has been the murderer so you yeah they're kind of just teasing a lot of things which you do yeah. with this type of show early on and then it's gonna you know start right. to take so I off think this at like, some point yeah so between gomez and martin short who honestly confession here people 
Martin Short's always been my least favorite amigo. I've never been like a big Martin <laughs> Short fan. Sure. Yeah. But I love him in this role. Like it's, I think he is hilarious. Suited very suited for him. I like the addition of Paul Rudd. Um <laughs> and he actually does look like everyone says he doesn't age, but when he had the scene with the frosted tips for girl oh, cop, yeah. like he, he he did look his age. <laughs> uh, like he did look his age. Absolutely. He gave me a very Zach Morris vibe. That's during exactly, that little I fake think that's trailer. what they're going for. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> going for yeah. Yeah. But no, I'm digging the slower burn in this one. And I'm kind of curious to see where they're going to take it. I do like Selena Gomez kind of taking the lead in this series right now. Yeah. And, and no spoilers because you don't know who the murderer is, but I'm going to call it now to see if I'm right. I think it's Meryl Streep. Because, again, so to me, and this has happened before, obviously, with this show where a love interest, female, comes in and you're just like, okay, well, they're they're a big name. They're not. They're obviously going to be here to the bitter end yeah so amy ryan's character in the first season is a prime example of this where it's like okay amy ryan is a too big of a name for this show to just not go away and then she ends up being a big part of that season and meryl streep is like in and out a little bit of this show early on and but she's such a big name that I wonder, especially because they have gone this route before, that she's just a giant distraction. That she's not the person. Because it can't be. And that's why they've spent like most episodes building up these other people who it could possibly be that's around their orbit. Including kind of hinting at, which has happened before, uh, hinting at Selena Gomez. You know, where it's like... Yeah. Is she doing it because she's trying to get the band back together? Or is she doing it, you know, because she had a a, a crush on Paul Rudd? You know, is she doing it for a bunch of uh, because she's losing her apartment and that this will be like a last hurrah of her being in that building? So there's a lot of things they're teasing out with uh, a lot of major characters. So I like the way they're building it. But I think as far as the entertainment factor, they're not. I like seeing those three together and they haven't yeah. been together a whole lot. So that's the only, you could say minor gripe uh, that I have with the season thus far, but I'm curious, especially, I don't know if you're going to, you know, catch up tomorrow with the two episodes or whatever, however you play your game. But I'd be curious to know once we get that much further in how it evolves and what your thoughts are on that. Because again, I think this season, I think they only do 10 episode seasons. Yeah. So 10 episode season, like I said, we're dropping episode five tomorrow. So we're halfway through and it feels like, you know, it's doing a pretty good job of the mystery part, but the entertainment part, I'm a little soft, but I think again, it'll ramp up when they get all together again. Yeah. It's holding my attention though. It's doing totally. its job for me. Like, yeah, yeah. Like you said, it's, it's kind of slowly building where. It makes like if this was a bingeable model, I've already I would have already watched it all. You know what I mean? So like oh, it keeps 100%. you going. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, but that's yeah. exactly what this is, and the chemistry between them is undeniable. So that's exactly why you're here, and that's why I'm going to keep going, and hopefully it, it again lands the plane uh, as we go further into the season. That of course is on Hulu for anyone Hulu. who's trying to pay attention on that. Before we get out of here, I kind of like we're ta- I wanted you and myself to kind of take a look at what's coming up. And that's where I was like, when you looked at this upcoming slate, did you have any kind of like 
initial thoughts of like, wow, like this is four months worth of television that I could be watching. Is this enough? You mean the future slate for the rest of the year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, like, no, the, I, the fall preview, if you want to call it that. Obviously, yeah, it's going into I, the winter, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I made a joke where uh, I wrote down all the shows that I'm kind of looking forward to that I'll watch, and I think uh, 95% of them I'm going to blow my load in September, and I won't have anything yeah. to watch October, November, December. Sure. Literally every show comes out in September, and very it's very uninspiring. I <laughs> There's not a show that I'm beating down the door like, I can't wait for this show to come out and I'm going to just watch it all. Right now they're like, eh, okay, I guess I'll check this out. Eh, okay. Right. I'll watch this. I think outside fall of the house of usher, which is probably the show I'm like most looking forward to. Sure. Just because of Flanagan's track record, but everything we're going to talk about, it's like, eh, okay. Yeah. I think that there, the thing that bums me out the most, especially because we have so many streamers. Right. And again, I understand we're in this time of year where, you know, it the Emmys got pushed back, but the Emmys have already been voted on and we're, we already know what the nominations are. So it's all past that, right? So this is stuff that's not like trying to cram in and compete. It's not during the busy high time season of the year as far as TV goes. But the thing that really bummed me out is that so much of it, just like obviously the, the movie world, so much of it is IP whether it's continuing seasons or whether it's spinoffs of other things or well-known stories or whatever, like the only like truly, truly original thing, I guess, if you want to go there, the changeling for Apple, mm-hmm. you know, cause Apple actually takes big swings. Um, there's a couple of shows on Netflix that might like, especially like I was saying that all the light we cannot see and uh, you know, I don't know. I'm just looking at, you know, a boys spinoff with Gen uh, Gen V. I'm looking at a new season of American Horror Story. I'm looking at The Continental from the world of John Wick. I'm looking at Loki. I'm looking at Echo. So you're back in the Marvel Universe again. Oh, and uh, A Murder at the End of the World. I said that looked good as well. So I'll get to that in a second. But yeah, Fargo is a continuation. Percy Jackson already had movies that were doing this. So, and Fallout House of Usher is a widely known book from the Poe universe, and we'll see where it goes, but, and, and Lupin for Netflix. So it's, it's hard to get original stories at this time. And I yeah. wonder if, I don't really pay attention to release dates as far as shows go with the writer strike stuff. I'm more in tune with the movie release dates getting moved around, but right, I don't know if they just, the way they prepared these shows that maybe they didn't have some of these shows ready before the strike was happening or that, you know, <clears throat> they, they concentrated on putting out stuff that people did know. So they didn't have to rely so much on promotion, um, right. that, especially from the actors involved with the SAG strike. So I don't know, man, do you have any of those thoughts when you were looking at the lineup as well? Uh, yeah. I mean, I echo just about everything you said. It's, uh, <laughs> there's no original outside the changeling. Which don't be confused with the two movies that were called yeah, Changeling. Uh, or, yeah, it's not the Angelina Jolie movie or uh, the George C. Scott movie. Right. Uh, yeah, neither one of those folks. No, um, no. But it does look. It does. I like uh, Lakeith Stanfield. So uh, uh, when I saw the trailer, I'm like, oh, okay, that looks that looks different. That looks good. So outside that one, like you said, everything is IP and. You know, I've been out on American Horror Story the last five seasons. The only reason why I'm jumping back into this one because I do like Emma Roberts. 
I don't know why, but I like her on screen. I like her in Scream Queens. I liked her in the movie she's done. Sure. The Continental, I'm only going to watch that because of the John Wick connection. And it's set in the 70s. Kind of, I want to see how they spin that. Yeah. And uh, that's it. And and like you said, Echo, which I think I read today. I know I read today. Otherwise, I think. I know. It's going to be the first Marvel series they're going to drop all the episodes at one time. Yeah, which is not a sign that they think this is going to work. Listen, I'll take it. And I know nothing about the character. But I do like street-level Marvel characters and the fact that this is set in the same world as Daredevil and Kingpin. I have middling hopes for this show. Right. Like, I, I want to see Charlie Cox in this show at some point, which I heard he's going to be. So if they give me some Daredevil in Echo, it, you nailed it for me. Like, as long as you it's say not the that, She-Hulk version. But then you were just making a joke about She-Hulk. So, yeah. I know. Just as long as that, which he was... I'll admit he was funny in that they turned him into a funny, which I appreciated, but I want my daredevil dark and brooding like this Netflix series. Sure. But I, he was funny in, in, in she Hulk. Yeah. Like, I don't it, think he, he was, was bad. Funny. It's just different. And so I'm just curious. Yeah, it was different. I hope the show when they finally get that done is uh, a little better product, right. but yeah, and the I echo the, thing, the sh- what, what she was in what Hawkeye. She was in Hawkeye. Yeah. yeah, and I wasn't that interested then. So, like, to me, a whole series, uh, they better really have a good story that works and bring out some of the, like you said, build it out with some familiar characters and, and yeah. make it work. But, uh, you honestly, know, I, I don't I, know. I think of all the shows we've talked about, it, the one I'm looking forward to the most, I guess, would be uh, outside of the Fall of House is uh, the, the boy spinoff. Sure, which I wasn't wowed by the trailer. We were kind of talking about that off air. And I think because the trailer didn't solidify to me like whose story this is. Because whether because if it's about the the corporation and kind of the back dealings like that we already kind of know what's going on. I wonder how much it's gonna be tied to the to the boys in general. Like if if, if you need to kind of watch it to know something that's gonna be going on like behind the scenes or something that they're setting up. So I'm curious about that too. So I'll watch it, but right. I don't know. You I'm know, not excited just yet. You know, my gut feeling on that show is going to be like a 90210 kind of thing, you know, but <laughs> okay. How know, so? No, I need to know it's going to, it's going to be like just a group collective of like different POVs throughout the okay. season. Okay. And I do believe they'll mention the boys, like maybe like in the background, like you'll see some like TV events going on, like news, flashes of like hey homelander blah 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 right i think they'll subtly talk about them in the background but i think there's gonna be a collective group of whatever high school kids are going to focus on right and we'll just get like the group pov going through high school and or college sorry college and all that stuff and and see where they go so i you know i'm looking forward to it and you got uh, me excited though i thought you were gonna have uh superheroes than levi's that's why i was uh looking for some star wars that'd be awesome yeah 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 That would be a good way to go. I'd watch that. Yeah. <laughs> and th- but you're right. This is the next show up. So we'll probably be covering it in September. Like I think it's what here in a couple weeks. Um I have the dates. It's September 29th uh on Amazon Prime. Is it really? Maybe I wrote yeah. it in a weird order, but I thought that was uh, coming out faster. But yeah. yeah. Gen V, like, The Changeling, American Horror Story and The Continental are all September. Yeah, The Changeling is September 8th, American Horror Story is September 20th, The Continental September 22nd, Gen V is September 29th, and The Fall of House of Usher is October 12th. Yeah, and then Loki, I think, is like that first week of October. Um, yeah. 
So yeah, we'll 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 have enough going around. Um, oh, and I didn't mention in full so that a murder at the end of the world where it's one of those things it's not IP, but it looks like you know adding to this collection of shows in the post Knives Out era of trying to do these, you know whether it's post Knives Out or post Resurgence if you want to call it of the Poirot. Uh, the the Kenneth Branagh series of those kind of murder mystery stuff too. This one I haven't seen a trailer for yet, so I don't know what tone it's going to strike, but it felt very Clue, and I don't know if it's going to be funny or not or however the tone is going to be, but basically because it's a, it's a murder mystery inside a dinner party, which, you know, sounds exactly like the setup for Clue. So I don't know... Uh, where it's gonna go but um, I do like those things and I'll probably end up watching it that is on Hulu that's coming in November so I will keep an eye out for that and the one right. thing I don't take into account with all this stuff is that we'll probably be more inundated with Oscar movies holiday movies holiday plans all these things to where you know it probably won't feel like we're being underserved with quality right. television especially if one of these truly works and if they're weekly, but I would imagine Gen V is weekly. I would yeah. imagine the changeling is probably weekly. Uh, American horror story typically is right. Mm-hmm. So yep. there's a decent amount of Loki, all that stuff. So I think it will be kind of strung out at least uh, right. going week to week. Right. I would like to give a shout out one show that uh, no one, a lot of people don't watch, but uh, it's another video game adaptation. Uh, it's Castlevania knock, Nocturne mm-hmm. comes out September 28th. Right. The first Castlevania series, which I think was two or three seasons, that focused on Trevor Belmont, which was the lead character in your Castlevania games, was one of the best shows on Netflix, especially on the animation side. It's very adult. It, it's a, I can't stress this enough. It's adult. So do not let your kids anywhere right. near this animated series. But it's right. slick. It's very well written. Like one of the better written shows uh, of that elk Um to come along in a long time. So this one's set during the French Revolution. We're fast forwarding, so you get another uh, descendant of Trevor Belmont. I think his name is Richter Belmont. So I- I'm I'm hooked in. Usually, the great thing about this series, I think the first show is only like four to five episodes per season, so it's a okay. very quick watch, but well worth your time and effort to get caught up in the Castlevania world. Okay, so I like to give a special shout out for that. And again, that comes out at the end of September as well, September 28th. Right. So yeah, you'll be very, very in tune with the the streaming TV world by the end of September. You might not leave your house, it seems like, <laughs> if I could get it. Which again, as we said, with the upcoming movie slate, not a terrible place to yeah. be. Uh, no, it's not. So we'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that stuff. You'll have to give a special report to some of those ones that I'm not watching. Um, but I... D- like I said, I'm looking forward to some of these, but there's nothing where I'm like super grabbing on and being like, this Me is too. my champion, which typically Apple is or one of these ones where it just comes out of nowhere shows are the ones that I get into this time of year. But right. yeah, I'm into the fall of the house. Uh, sure. We, we've talked about it uh, in previous episodes, but yeah, between Poe, Flanny, yeah. the whole crew that he works with, like, how can you not tune in? But I'll I'll see, and especially it's sad to say that he's you know moving on from the Netflix miniseries to game. Amazon, right? Yeah, because he's going to work yeah. on uh, the whole 
gunslinger series or whatever with um the stephen king dark tower stuff um so that'll be interesting i hope he he always likes to do king stuff so good on him but that's a tall order but he's gonna get a huge budget and a huge deal so good on him right it's just a shame uh the season this year started out with a really nice bang for the tv side but it's going out with a whimper it seems like so i'm kind of hoping maybe yeah something sneaks up that we don't have on our list that comes out of nowhere and it's like boom this is it you know so right. we'll see it's just sad because again the, it was such a strong start to this to the year with our top fives and you know we could have added hijack to that list so six seven eight oh, shows we deep. will buddy <laughs> yeah but like looking at this list it's like huh so it's going out quiet so yeah. let's hope something comes along to uh surprise us yeah Absolutely. And I even uh, caught up with certain shows that I liked recently, too, with um, I Think You Should Leave. Do you watch that show? It's on my list. I haven't seen it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's everywhere with, um, you know, the memes that go around and using his character that right. he's used uh, many times. That's a show that I've loved the early seasons. I liked this season, but it's not as strong as when... Uh, the show is first going on, so I still recommend it. It's great. I I want to catch up with like stuff like Jury Duty and other ones that I didn't you know get into you as the as the show uh, seasons went on earlier this year. So that'll be something you know. But yeah, it's gonna be an interesting end between. Do we get all of the stuff that we just mentioned? Is the writer strike going to affect any of it? What's uh, what's going to happen in terms of the movie release schedule and everything else? So even stuff that I'm looking forward to. If anything, I'd hate to say it this way because you know I obviously cover it uh, for my what's on Netflix job already. But like Netflix and certain of these strong streamers that aren't tied into a lot of other either broadcast or studio work is probably going to be the one who's going to hold most consistently to their release schedules. So the hope is, you know, you're going to get on the movie side, you're going to get Bradley Cooper's Maestro. You're going to get David Fincher's The Killer. You're going to get Sam Esmail's movie that looks really good. You're going to get, you know, I'm sure you saw the trailer for Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon. Uh, I did, yeah. You know, and I, from what I understand, he shot them back to back. So I think you're getting two movies within six months to a year of each other. So hopefully they're good. So that way I'm not like, Oh Jesus, the next one's coming up right behind me um, and, and be dreading it. But you know, there's a lot of interesting stuff to talk about as things go on. So I'm sure we'll have enough to talk about, Uh, you know, it's one of those things like, are we going to be on the positive side or the negative side, which is always the thing week to week. Um, Anything else you got? In, in the uh, in the crosshairs when we're looking up even just like next week I'm I'm curious to uh, oh you know you me know. man I'm all over I know you poo pooed this already and you took a strong stance and you're not going to see it but I am all over Equalizer three right so uh, what's well, that I will be seeing so that strong this week. I I just would have to watch the first two Equalizers to like right. care which you know I love Denzel there are certain type of movie it's fine but yeah it, I don't know. Uh, if I'm going to be able to get out to the theater for that one, <laughs> uh, especially in time, if I'm watching all this other stuff. Um, but yeah, it's uh it's a, uh, it's a slow go. I-, I was surprised. Did you catch up with the uh, Sandler mo- family movie over the weekend? Okay. So I'm halfway through that movie and okay. not because I didn't like it. Cause I'm finding it actually kind of entertaining and 
I don't. I think his daughter's actually doing a pretty decent job. But I right? thought both his daughters were the strength. In my review that I did yeah. for What's on Netflix, they were like the center point of like why yeah, I was like this I'm movie actually, works. Yeah, I'm actually enjoying this movie so far. It's just you know it was I started it too late at night and I just had to shut it off because I have to get up at four whatever in the morning. Sure. So I just like nah, I'm not gonna. But I will get back to it. I'm enjoying it so far. Yeah, I think it's worth the effort uh, for for people if they're looking for something to to watch. If the like we said, if the if Gran Turismo isn't your bag or you're looking for a change of pace or something, um, don't be turned off by you know or you know if you're not Jewish and you think like I'm not gonna understand this or it's not gonna do. No, this isn't Asuka. They actually do more in a movie that has the word bat mitzvah in it to bring in other people and be more relatable than Asuka does to non-Rebels people. So, right. you know, get in on that. Um, and I, I think that's a good one. But, yeah, Netflix, I don't think they have anything huge this week. I think they have an interactive rom-com that I'll be covering. Um, so that'll be interesting. Because did you ever do their interactive stuff before? Like the, I the did Bandersnatch what or was, whatever? The yeah, Black I did the one. Bandersnatch one. Yep, yeah. yep. That's the one I did. It was okay. Yeah. They, they never... Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen like a, a great version of it yet, so I'll be interested to see if this actually works out, um, which always sucks because I loved Choose Your Own Adventure books when I was a kid, so like it feels a little akin to that. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, cool. Just whatever. Tickle my fancy. Um, but all right, man. So yeah, we'll be, we'll be on next week. We'll hear from... Shane in terms of equalizer three, and then we'll see what else uh, we got cooking as far as that's going to go as well. So be sure to like subscribe, do the whole thing. Find us at recent act pod on Twitter and Instagram, and be sure to give us a nice kind five-star review. If you're, you're out there on your platform of choice and be sure to come better (laughs) and be sure to come (laughs) back next week for more recent activity.